babs, that shit crazy. Jimmy on the beat, boy. This is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio. I am your host, Brett Hammer, wherever you are on this Wednesday. Thanks for making me part of your day. Coming up, Nick Saban has spoken, and this time he's taking shots at the playoffs. According to one reporter, the Stefan Diggs info is mostly wrong. So what's going on? And could the Cowboys really double up getting Cooks and Hopkins that's here? That's all coming up. But as you know, it's way too hard by quality graphic tees these days. You look it up and all you get is sketchy third-party products on Etsy and eBay. None of it's real. Game Changers has been throwing a wrench into all of that as a company that puts real quality in the phrase. You get what you pay for. Their high-end quality shirts have all your favorite NBA and NFL teams and players, as well as rappers and other culture icons. If you head over to GameChanger.LA, you can use promo code HAMMERTIME23 for $10 off. That's capital H, HAMMERTIME23 for $10 off. There's no no minimum order required. I did an order the other day where I got multiple shirts. You obviously probably know this, but the move that I realized is order them separately because you get more money off that way. Because um, it's $10 as a whole, it's not $10 per shirt. So if you want to get multiple shirts, yeah, you got to pay shipping, but I think it works out in the end to just order them separately using the discount each time. So do with that what you will. Plus, that actually puts more money in my pocket. But either way, do it however you want. Uh, Shoutouts. I don't know what the anti, with like the, I guess a call out would be the opposite of a shout out. So I got these mics a year ago and I thought they were really good. And and for some reason, when I was listening back to the show from Monday, uh, they just really sounded bad. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if I had them hooked up wrong or what it is, but when I go on the road or I'm out in public and I'm using these wireless mics, this is what I use. And cause I didn't bring, I just brought a duffel bag. I didn't bring my whole mic set up. Anyway, mics weren't good. I apologize. So we're gonna use the phone or the mic on my iPhone and pray that that works a little bit better. So we shall see. All right, here's our first story. What should the Pelicans do with Zion Williamson? I think it's funny because I feel like, I feel like we're pretty close because everything's got a lemon law, right? Dating's got a lemon law. Cars got a lemon law. Like everything has its limit. And... I feel like, especially when it comes to guys like Zion Williamson and John Morant, we're getting to the point where that expiration date of how long is it before you're officially allowed to call someone a bust, before you're allowed to Kwame Brown someone, how long really is that? And how many less than intelligent scenarios have to occur before you can drop that? And I would argue that with Zion Williamson, we're getting pretty close. So we talked about the story last week. Well, now the story out of New Orleans is apparently they're taking calls on Zion. You have the NFL. The draft is coming up tomorrow. So some of this is let's just see who gets desperate. Some of this is we can't get Zion to actually stay healthy. And on top of all of that, I just, let's, I don't want to call, I'm not calling anyone out morally. Make whatever moral chances, choices that you'd like. But 
if I'm not morally judging them, but I'm statistically judging them with morals, if that makes sense. And stay with me. Think about the guys who win championships. LeBron James. Stephen Curry. Joe Montana. Steve Young. John Elway. Tom Brady. Alex Rodriguez. Maybe not so much Tiger Woods. But for the most part in team sports. And you could argue that Michael Jordan wasn't really a team sport. He was a solo guy just winning champs on his own. Whatever you want to call that. But let's take those first guys. The LeBron James. The Tom Brady's. The Stephen Curry's of the world. How many of them do you know who have infidelity issues? And again, I'm not saying that you're less of a human being if you have them. Like, make whatever choices you want to make as long as you're not committing a crime or hurting anyone. I'm I'm not going to push my morals or my religion onto you. But what I will say is it seems to me that if we do the statistics and the championship numbers of guys with successful marriages as opposed to guys who... Ah, are fooling around the week before they announce their the gender reveal of their child. There's a huge discrepancy. And the problem is, especially when you're Zion, you can't even stay on the court physically. You can't stay healthy. You can't. I mean, I think me and my girlfriend were having this conversation the other day, like, why is it that some people, and y'all know this, and I'm not calling anybody out, but when we when people get married and y'all have friends like this, and maybe you are like this, it is what it is. And this hasn't happened to me yet because I'm not married. But I have a lot of friends, they get married, as soon as they get married, they start to gain weight. Why is that? Well, I think it's for a couple of reasons. And I think some people say stress, I think some people say letting themselves go. I don't think it's that at all. I think a lot of times people get married and within that one to two years of being married, that's when you hit the point where your metabolism starts to slow down and you have to eat differently. And if you can't eat differently, your body can't keep up with burning everything off. I'd be willing to argue the same things happening with Zion. Zion, when he was in high school, could probably eat whatever he wanted and still do a 360 windmill dunk and drop 40 the next day. Not the case anymore. So the problem becomes... The higher you go in life, the higher standards you have to live by in order to be successful. Zion's issue is the rewards increase, the standards increase, and the effort stayed the same. I don't say the effort decreased. I think the effort just stayed the same, uh, juxtaposed to the backdrop of how good you have to be in order to compete. So the Pelicans are saying, we're taking calls on Zion. That makes things interesting because this takes us to the next story. Damon Lillard liked to tweet the other day, which is basically the 2023 equivalent of calling your agent and saying, I want this to happen. Someone on Twitter put out the idea of Zion moving to Portland. Damien went ahead and liked that tweet. But the question that we have to ask with Damian Lillard is, does Portland make the most sense anymore? Because I applaud 
the idea of wanting to stay in the same place for your whole career, get a statue, maybe not have the career accolades as other people, but you get the loyalty token. I get that. But also, winning championships is what really matters. Unfortunately, we can have the conversation, and people do, of, well, do championships really matter because it's about who's on your team, not necessarily what you do. Yeah, they matter. That conversation is left for caveats for guys who don't win games. Because to me, some companies are just not designed to be Fortune 500. And most of the time, if you're the best guy there, it has nothing to do with you. Yes, like high tides raise all ships. But sometimes some boats don't want to rise. Realize that doesn't work with the metaphor. But the point is, just because you're incredible doesn't mean you are able to overcome negative personalities, and unfortunate work environments. And I would argue that's the situation here in Portland, which we know. Dame's been there a long time. They've tried lots of different things. They went out and got Chauncey Billups. They've been through coaching changes. Nothing is able to get Portland over the hump and into the NBA Finals. So then we ask if we're Damian Lloyd, do we want championships? Do we want a loyalty token? Well, the answer for one is pretty easy the other one the answer to the other is not easy but simpler so zion wants to go to portland i don't think it makes any difference where zion goes i he to me is two seasons from being kwame brown from being a bust but damian lillard still has the opportunity to win titles obviously his prime is not over Damian Lillard is probably the best point guard, best true point guard in the league. Stephen Curry is his own thing. Here's why the Philadelphia 76ers make the most sense for Damian Lillard. Because the one thing, if you talk about the difference between Denver and Philadelphia, is this. We say with Denver, well, look what Jokic is doing with nothing. We look at Philly and we say, look how much Philadelphia has and how much they're not able to do with it. Now, typically, that argument counts against you everywhere. But the only place it does not account against you in is this. You have trade capital. Significant trade capital. You have Tyrese Maxey you can deal. You have Tobias Harris you can deal. There's a, you have James Harden you can deal, and you'll still be left with a solid basketball team. So, it makes sense, despite the fact that Damian Lillard has said he wants to go to Miami. He told that to Brian Custer on his podcast a couple weeks ago. said that he, if he had to go anywhere, he'd like to go to Miami. He was more speaking in a hypothetical because we know that Damian Lillard um, doesn't want he's pretty open about the fact that he loves Portland and he wants to stay but Chris Haynes of TNT and Bleach Report and Yahoo Sports put out the other day that the reports he's hearing are that that if there ever was a year for Damian Lillard to leave this would be the year that's what he's hearing don't know if that's true we're speaking in complete hypotheticals because Dame has a no trade clause and he's waiting to see what they do with the draft I don't think, well, 
let's be honest. The the Portland Trailblazers are not one move away from winning a championship next year. And to me, if I'm Dame, I look at that and I say, well, send me to somewhere that I am. Unless you really do just want to make the money and be loyal. Because I'm here for that. But it doesn't equate to championships. It's not the same. Philadelphia makes sense because they, they could send Tobias Harris. They could send Tyrese Maxey. They could send, they could send James Harden and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey and get Damian Lillard and a pick back. And maybe even send picks of their own. Either way, that makes the most sense for Damian Lillard. Because the only other place that he could go would probably be Miami. And they don't have the trade capital that Philadelphia does. And the other reason that this makes sense is because think about the last three guys to win MVPs. They got a couple of things in common and one that two have and one does not. The first thing is they all win MVPs. The second thing is they're all international. The third thing is they're all bigs who are incredibly mobile, athletic, and have nice touch with the basketball outside of three feet. But where they start to diverge is this. Of those three guys, Embiid, Jokic, Antetokounmpo, two of them have championships. Embiid does not. And all these conversations that we're having about Damian Lillard to say, where does he fit most? Like, where else could he go? Those are all conversations we could be having about Joel Embiid next year. Because let's be honest, how much longer is Embiid in Philadelphia until we stop trusting the process? So, Phoenix Suns make a deal on Sunday. Little Father's Day gift, getting Bradley Beal to Phoenix. Chris Paul is no longer there anymore. People are really split up on this. You have guys like Cowherd and others who say, this is actually a better deal than you think. I like it, don't love it. Because for me, I'll believe the Suns are fixed when they get somebody swapped out for DeAndre Ayton. Now, if you would have swapped DeAndre Ayton to Washington, you would have been taking pennies on the dollar because likely the only big help that you could have gotten from them would have been Kristaps. If Rui Hachimura was still there before he got swept, uh, dealt to the Lakers, that would have been cool, but still not necessarily solving the issue they have, which is they don't run their game through the big. Sixers, the Bucks, the Nugs, they all run the ball through the big. DeAndre Ayton would like that to be the case, but a couple of things are true. The first is... DeAndre Ayton just doesn't care that much. And second, DeAndre Ayton gets really upset really fast when he doesn't get the ball. And that leads to him not playing defense, which if you're in the Western Conference, your number one priority is what? Stopping Nikola Jokic. So, I would submit this to you. Basketball, think about what basketball used to be. It's it's kind of gone in cycles. Where it used to be back in the day, early on, you had Dr. J's of the world. You had the Michael Jordans, the Akeem Olajuwans, the 
Larry Birds of the world. You had one wing, one big, one big star. You put a lot of help around them, and they go out and win. Well, then it went to, now you got to have a guard and you got to have a big. You had Shaq and Kobe. You had Iverson and Matumbo. You had to have, you had Rajon Rondo and Kevin Garnett. You had to have this combo of a big and a small. And that's how you ran the game through the pick and roll. And then it was, you got to have a wing. You got to have a Kobe Bryant. You got to have a Kevin Durant. You got to have a LeBron James. And you just surround them with help. And I would argue that the pendulum is starting to swing back and we're more big focused. So while yes, it's an incredible cluster of talent to, there's not a word for pair that goes with try, but to bring these three guys together of Aiton, Booker, or sorry, Durant, Booker, Beal, there's still no big. And even if you wanted to argue with me that at least now they can guard the wing to three ball, sure. You still don't have anyone who can stop Nikola Jokic. And so when you're crashing on him like we saw Miami try in the finals, he just zips that boom, kicks out, three ball, game over. So until you have someone who can stop Nikola Jokic effectively – then I'll start believing the Suns. Now, the upside is you may be able to convince someone to take DeAndre Ayton for more than he's worth. At least you didn't have to deal him in that Washington thing to get Bradley Beal because then you really would have had a tough time. But at least now you can still live under the illusion that he was a first-round pick and, and one of the great prospects that the NBA thought that they'd ever seen. There's that. All right. So the plot continues to uh, not even thicken, more like thinning with John Morant. And the story just keeps getting worse. And I f- it's one of those where it's just like, dude, shut up. You're sitting with your friends and he, or you're on a double date with one of your friends and he makes a bad joke because he thinks it's funny. And it's kind of uncomfortable. So then he tries to explain it by telling another joke similar and it gets worse. And he just keeps digging the hold. And then it and and you're trying to kick his foot. You're trying to tell him, hey, your date thinks this is weird. And he just won't stop going because he's just trying to keep he's he's trying to get an excess of laughter. In order to swing the pendulum back the other way. And eventually you just have to do. You just have to be uncomfortable. In the middle of the day. And say dude shut up. And that's where we're at with John Morant. Because then the story comes out. Well it wasn't a real gun. It was a lighter. Like something you'd light a candle with. You just pull the trigger. And it just looks like a gun. Yeah that, that doesn't make the story worse. That actually makes you look like more of an idiot. And the fact that you play around with that, with your, like, living as something you're not, something you've never been, really makes you look bad. So according to ESPN sources, Tim McMahon, uh, he's, quote, indirectly been told that John Morant's camp believes the NBA and the media are out to get them. Um... 
winners don't make excuses when other people play the game better. Or even when other people cheat. Even if you were being cheated, and even if the video was found illegally, this isn't about court. This isn't about the legal system. This is the court of public opinion. And the court of public opinion doesn't doesn't necessarily care how information was obtained. And again, this wasn't attained illegally. You were dumb enough to put it on your own story. But even if you had been cheated, you'd still look like the loser. Because you put out your own video of you looking like an idiot. So to say that the media and the NBA are out to get you when you only got a 25-game suspension, which... To me, I think is a slap on the wrist. Again, I don't think John Morant really did anything that bad, especially if it was a toy. Still stupid, but legally did nothing wrong. Still a slap on the wrist considering who the NBA is. But this whole mentality of everyone's out to get me, this is a very like, there are, you get to me in life, you get two conspiracy theories that you're like, yeah, I can see that. And then you get one where you're like, no, I definitely believe that. But I don't, I have a couple that I'm like, yeah, I think that probably happened. I don't go around advertising those, especially to the public. I wouldn't even tell those privately on a third date. John Morant is saying, supposedly, we, that the NBA is out to get them. And if he hadn't already said stupid things in the past, then maybe I'd look at this and let it slide. But when you make less than intelligent comments, and then this comes out that you may or may not have said this, it makes it pretty hard to disbelieve. But this mentality makes me think that despite the fact that the Grizzlies were able to hold on to the one seed in the NBA Western Conference for a while, I don't think they'll ever win a chip with this situation. And we talked about Zion Williamson, being a couple years from Kwame Brown's status, I would argue John Morant is pretty close as well. All right. So Joe Hayden, I always like this because I'm a TV nut. I think it's fun when you have these guys coming out of the NFL or the NBA and they spend time... Uh, they spend time making their rounds in the media to see if they can hang, to see if they can get a job doing something after football. And so I think it's cool. Joe Hayden. Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about Joe Hayden. That's not even where we're at right now. We got to get to Nick Saban first. So, um, Joel Glatt, Fox Sports. He's been doing his podcast, which is really cool. It's 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 harder for me to listen to college football, like a whole college football podcast, when it's not football season or when it's not right before or after. But during the season, it's incredible. Out, out off season, it's incredible as well. It's called the Joel Klatt Show. It's great. Definitely recommend. But he's been interviewing. So a couple weeks ago, he interviewed Coach Prime. Then now he's interviewed Nick Saban. So here's what he had to say with Nick Saban. Or what Nick Saban had to say to him. Nick Saban quote, said, quote, 
The problem with the whole way the whole system is, there's no accounting for that. All we do is take the teams that win the most games at the end of the year, put them in the playoffs. But we do we really get the best teams? When they told me that would be favored, that we would be favored against three out of four teams that got in the playoff, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? So this is essentially going back to the 2016 conversation and a couple of other years where despite not winning the most games, getting in or not getting in. And that's the conversation that we're having. Which also would have applied to this last year when they didn't get in. Um, yeah. Yes. But there's a reason that we have divisions. There's a reason that, I mean, in the NFL, you and your conference, you get in. In college football, you have to reward the games played. Because otherwise, when, when you don't have such a tight criteria, and by tight criteria, I mean four teams, you can afford to be a little bit more lenient and say, you know what? Yeah, you lost to Alabama at the end of the year, which dropped you to 12.12, but like you still deserve to be in despite being undefeated for the rest of the year, whatever the case may be. And when he says this quote, it, it to me almost it doesn't even matter how you listen to it. He says the way the problem with the whole the problem with the whole system is we all we do is take the teams that win the most games and put them in the playoffs. Uh yeah. And I get the eye test and I get strength of schedule. But also, you're safer this way. Now, higher risk, higher reward the other way, but this way is at least safer because you can say they won the games. Otherwise, if we go into the other methodology, we have to jump through hoops and say, well, this statistic matters over more than this statistic. And to be fair, the committee tries to do that and we hate it. So what the committee does instead is they just say, you know what? You win the games. You win your conference championship for the most part, you're in. Yes, Alabama, sometimes you are better. But if you don't show that you're better every game and you lose games, that's no one's fault other than your own. Everyone at the beginning of the season gets to start off and have control their own destiny. You control your own destiny. You can win or lose as many games as you want. There is no one holding you back. So, yeah, sometimes you're favored over a team who's in the playoffs when you're not. But you had every chance to win the games going in. So if you didn't win them, that's no one's fault other than your own. Okay. Joe Hayden on ESPN on NFL Live. He made the comment that, so let's backtrack. DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook. Similar names, phonetically, fun fact. But also, speculation, Dalvin Cook's come out and talked about it. It'd be cool if they got to play together, which is true. But here's the problem. A, they both want to get paid. 
only so many guys can get paid. They should make every professional athlete take economics. I think it would help out. Maybe, maybe not. But Joe Hayden teased the idea yesterday on NFL Live. Well, what if DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook went to the Cowboys? Which, when you equate the flashiness of the deal with the flashiness of the team and the star, sure. Does it sound possible? Yeah. But is it probable? Definitely not. Here's why. First off, say what you will about the Cowboys. They draft more pro bowlers than anyone else, which leads me to believe one, two, or both things are true. Either they just have an eye for talent, B, they develop players well, or C, both. I'd be willing to think that it's both because I have a hard time believing you're just that good and it's only one thing. But we know a couple things. First off, everyone in the NFL, not everyone, but Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, others, all trying to get paid. Zeke tried to get paid, got it, and he's now out of Dallas as a result. So what makes you think that they would go back and say, oh yeah, we like Tony Pollard, but you know what? We're just going to go ahead and grab Dalvin Cook and set. Probably not going to do that. The second thing is you have Michael Gallup, you have Kevontae Turpin, you have CeeDee Lamb. The point being, they're not sure at receiver that they need DeAndre Hopkins. Now, it's flashy. Yeah, so do the Dallas Cowboys love that? Obviously. But if we look at the history of the Cowboys, they are not in the business of going and overhauling as of recent for big-time costly free agents. And as a result, I don't know that Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins end up in Big D. Um, so apparently the info on Stefan Diggs is mostly wrong. According to Ian Rappenport, that's what he said on NFL network yesterday. But if you go and watch his clip of talking about everything that's well wrong with the info that's surrounding swirling about with the Stefan Diggs story. He doesn't really tell you anything else. He just says that it's mostly wrong. But he says, if they're able to get him under control, they could win games this season, blah, 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 blah. All the broadcaster coach talk. So the fact that he said that means a couple of things. First of all, if he knew exactly why and he was at the liberty to say, he would. He's either not at the liberty to say or he doesn't have all the info. I'd be willing to bet it's probably the former rather than the latter. Most of these guys have a lot more information that they're allowed to put out or they feel comfortable putting out for a number of reasons. Like, fun fact, there's a lot of insiders who know pretty much the entire NFL draft. They're just not allowed to say it. Now, most of those guys don't make mock drafts. But as a result... You get what you get. Here's what I think is the coolest part about this whole story. Remember back in 2021, speaking of the NFL draft. The story was, what were the 49ers going to do at quarterback? Were they going to get Trey Lance or were they going to get Mac Jones? Well, supposedly Steve Lynch 
supposedly coach, head coach, or coach GM wanted different things. That was the story. Then it turned out they ended up throwing a smoke screen to everyone. But the conclusion and the takeaway from that story was they didn't let anything leak. And the 49ers and John Lynch are notorious for not letting anything link. And as a result, despite not having a quarterback for a number of years, they are still one of the best teams in the National Football League because they run their organization like an adult. And I would argue the same conclusion and takeaway is here for the taking with the Buffalo Bills, being that the only reason we know any of this story is because Stefan Diggs is telling it. And he's not even giving away the whole thing. So you look at Stefan Diggs, you look at the Buffalo Bills and you say, the fact that we don't know anything means a lot. It means that they're doing their best to keep this under wraps because most insiders aren't at the liberty to say what's going on. Now, I talked about on Monday, I think these guys are probably going 10 and 7, especially if they don't get the Diggs thing figured out. But even if they do get it figured out, I'm just not how sh- sure how effective you're going to be in that division, especially with all emotions considered. So, yes, the Bills have some emotional uh, dissension, but they're keeping the leaks locked down. So, Draymond's out in Golden State. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to test the waters. Could come back. Maybe, maybe not. Obviously, Golden State is working through Bob Myers leaving. I don't know how many of you guys saw this movie. It's criminally underseen. I don't know. I think it just everyone thought they were going to go see it and then never did. And I'm not sure why. But to me, Air is probably my favorite movie to come out this year. So, in this movie, if you haven't seen it, Sonny Vaccaro is the guy who signs Michael Jordan. He's the guy who plays Matt Damon. But the problem with Sonny was if he got outed at Nike, which is how the movie starts, is he's on his last leg. Sonny says, Sonny says to the head of Nike, he says, you know what I do here. And the head of Nike says, no, I don't really. And he said, and Sonny says, well, I'm great at what I do. And he says, yeah, but I don't know what you do. He worked perfect with Nike and he ended up making Nike what it is today. He fit there really, really well. But the question isn't where else does he fit? The question is, where does he have value? Because If you don't know what your job is, you can figure out how to do a lot of things. Draymond Green's issue, I mean, he could fit a lot of places. Like he could, and by fit, I mean, get on the roster. The question is, where does Draymond Green have value? Because if we look at other teams, we say, we don't know what you do. And Draymond says, well, I know what I do. And they say, well, 
You don't really score points. You're not really a shooter. And you didn't grow up with our guys, so you don't have the rapport with them to run a defense and run an offense. And we've seen you punch guys in practice. So what are we supposed to believe about all this? Draymond Green's out in Golden State, and I think he wants to get paid, obviously. But the question is, just really think about it. What's Draymond's value if he doesn't have chemistry with guys that he's with? And if he doesn't have guys who are willing to go to bat for him? And if he doesn't have history, why would he have guys who go to bat for him? Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Um, This week is my vacation week. Next week, I'm back to work. And then our reunion after that. So... Things could get a little bit turbulent here. We shall see. Thanks so much for hanging out on this Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day, week. We will talk later. Cheers. Whoa.